podcast. Another week, another Ahsoka episode, which means another Bob episode. Um, I'm back. Tyler's back. Good morning. Ezra's back. Everybody's back. Um, Everybody. Other than Kane Jarvis, he stays dead. Um, yeah. Unlucky Freddy. But, uh... I think that's why he's like salty, you know, like why he's always complaining about Star Wars. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just a, a theory. Like, I think he like is complaining a lot, maybe because, you know, they're making basically rebels too, which he can't be a part of, it seems. And, you know, that's probably hurtful to a degree. None of the voice actors are a part of it. So RIP to all of them. It's, I'm sort of I- surprised that they haven't put like, some of the voice actors as just like cameos like that that's been surprised i just feel bad for ashley x time i i don't feel bad for any of these people like they're probably making a lot of money like doing all these conventions and everything you know but um yeah like i'm surprised that you know they didn't put in a cameo somewhere like you know like uh the last couple of weeks where we saw like the new republic um, you know, squadron with like with you know with Carson, so it was Carson and like three others. Like well, obviously one of them was Brandon Wayne, which was cool to have him like cameo and something. But like the other two, I thought like oh maybe they could have been, you know, part of the Rebels crew. You know, like the voice actors. Like you could have had one be Ashley. You could have had one be, um, like D Bradley Baker or something. You know. Um, but no, they. Vanessa Marshall. Like, I thought, I thought like they, you could have had <clears throat> like a good opportunity there for cameos, and like those people like can act. So you know that that's also a positive. Um, but no, I thought I thought we would have had like the Rebels cameos in this by now, and like now that we're in this other galaxy, I don't know if you heard that. That was like a bus just went past my house. But uh, <laughs> like, but the, now we're in this other galaxy. We're in Peridia. Is that is that the name of it? Um, uh, I think that's the planet. Yeah, like so that we're on that planet now. I don't see there being a ton of opportunity for any of those sort of cameos now. Um, but yeah, that's a weird tangent. We always go on for weird tangents at the start, whether it's to do with dirt or Fifty Cent or wherever else. Um, I had I had Dimsdale and Chet Ubetcha on my mind this morning, but I figured I'd keep it in. in toe this week you know i don't even know what they are dimsdale what's dimsdale you don't know dimsdale no dimadone doug doug dimadone it's fairly yeah, odd oh i know fairly odd parents but i don't i don't remember dimsdale it's too late to save it now man <laughs> it's too far gone i know fairly odd parents. i used to watch it when i was a child you know i never saw the end of it or anything you know, this man is the biggest fan of the live-action Fairly Odd Parents. I'm not. I'm not. I have seen clips of that with with Drake Bell, is like a big ass Timmy Turner. Like, <laughs> no, you know, um, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, Maybe that's the galaxy we're in now. I hope not. <laughs> Puff shows but, up. Didn't Drake Bell live in like Disneyland for a time? I'm pretty sure um, he did. Did he go to jail? I think he went to jail. I know he was in some trouble. 
Yeah, he definitely was in some trouble. Yeah. I don't know about Disneyland. I think he did live in. I think there was a report somewhere that he lived in Disneyland at some point, but I don't know. Like maybe I'm wrong. Um, Seems like a waste of money. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay, so do you want to start with this episode, or do you want to bambi about with some other stuff? Let's start at the beginning of the series. Oh, we're going all the way back. Going back to episode one. I'm just kidding. We can do this episode. Um, yeah. So, what's your initial thoughts on episode six? Far, far away. Um, I think. Well, since you mentioned that, I think Dave is like so cheeky and funny with his writing. He always adds mm-hmm. in these lines of like meta commentary. Um, but that one I thought was like really sweet. It made me chuckle. Um, uh, overall, I thought this episode was really, really strong. Um, I think anything following up last week would be kind of hard to, mm-hmm. to kind of not live up to, but it's just such like a, last week was such like a euphoric high and like a, not even like a rational reaction to it. You're just, your mind just like, oh my gosh. Um, so anything this week I thought would be difficult. Um, but I thought, I thought this week was one of the best written episodes. Um, it definitely felt like the most cinematic I feel like out of the, any of the, of the other episodes so far, um, there's a lot of intrigue and kind of hinting at things to come, which made me really excited. Um, so I, I guess in short, what I'm saying is it didn't hit those peaks for me that last week did, which I guess, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but I thought it was really, really strong and really, really consistent. And I find myself getting frustrated with the show when the episodes end because I don't have... Like, I don't feel like I have the full meal. I don't have that mm-hmm. satisfaction that I want, um, which is annoying in the moment. But I think, obviously, that's by design. And I think as it plays out, you know, over the course of the series, um, it's going to be more satisfying once you get those, like, kind of moments and everything comes through and ties together. Um, so, I I don't know. I just get frustrated because I want the next episode and I, I, I'm excited for what's to come and I, I want it now. We got to wait a week, which is which is better than, you know, it's not that bad in the scheme of things. But uh, the show does a really good job of, of gripping you in and, and, and pulling you along and then um, giving you just enough to want more at the end. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, my like initial thoughts were that I thought some of the performances in this were, were great. I think... Um... I think the director's name is Rachel Getzinger, and from doing uh, articles on her in the past, um, I'm pretty sure she's like one of. The, I highlighted her as one of the ones to watch, like her episode, just based off of her like history and uh, filmography, um, which I think is the case. I think like this is one of the best direct episodes um, of the season so far. Um, like I said, the performances are good, and I think that she probably got. A lot out of those actors as well um because it's a topic we've talked about in the past where it feels like uh, like a certain director maybe doesn't get the perform like, like i always said sabine was one of the highlights of the first like few episodes and then when we hit the peter ramsey episode i feel like she was pretty stale and i thought like a few performances in that episode were stale and it was like i feel like it's the director uh, in doing this um same thing with like some of the the, the, the shots that makes the volume look you know more apparent in that episode um 
but I think because Gatsinger has like so much experience um, working on like really big shows, um, she you know she's she's able to get the best of the actors, she's able to get the best of the environment for the most part. Um, so I think it was well directed. I think like visually, it it was great. There were some really great like shots, just like screenshot moments, you know, from it. Um, like one of the examples being the Chimera like coming over uh, that like building they're on and like descending um uh, yeah i think the world building was pretty good like they've introduced to new creatures and um new species and hinted at like a wider connection to the force on this planet obviously with balan saying that you know there's something calling to him that can't like there's something powerful there you know, uh, it's the home world of the the Night Sisters. Um, how how their powers are being used, um, and then yeah, like we know it's the, the Purgle graveyard. They go there to die. Um, I thought it was really interesting in how they set up that that world and set it up for the future more than anything uh, for future episodes. Um, so I thought that was great. Obviously, we got the return of Ezra, um, which I. I'm glad he wasn't wearing the same clothes that he had when he disappeared, which was my fear. I was like, is he just going to be wearing the same clothes? And he's not. Um, just like, yeah, yeah. But he's he's not. He's got different clothes. He's. I think. I think, Iman as Fendi did a good job in those brief moments that we saw him. Um, yeah. So overall, I'm pretty happy with the episode. Um, I actually think it's one of the highlights of the season thus far. Um, this se- season, by the way, has been like really consistent. I believe I haven't given an episode under a seven, um, and I've given two eights so far in episode five and episode three. I think I give an eight, um, and then yeah, like. I'm not going to tell people my scores for this one yet. I'll do that at the end, but it's positive. Um, but it's still not going below a seven. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Is there anything you want to highlight, like to start off the discussion about the episode? I, th- I agree what you said about kind of the world building and the implications for more. And you know, it's calling to Balin, and he actually says, "Like, what are they fleeing? You know, is that the mm-hmm. same thing that's calling to him?" Um, and for me, that was kind of the strength of what carried the episode. Um, I thought I thought the through line for me and what, what kept me hooked in was the performances from uh, Stevenson and um, Mickelson uh, as Thrawn. I thought those two were really great. Uh, I don't know. The villains of this series are like really compelling. And I know this is like old news, but Thrawn's voice is just like so satisfying to listen to. Um, but but those two were the highlight for me, and uh, I love Balin as a character. Like he's shooting up my, my rankings of, of, of just like favorite characters like very quickly. Um, and anytime he's on screen, it's just so interesting. And um, you know we got more insight into his history, his past, and his beliefs and experiences with the Jedi and whatnot, and, and where he fits in in terms of like dark side and light side. And um, I don't love it because it's new and unique. Like I think. I don't think you have to do new and unique all the time, um, but I love that it's so well executed and the performance is so captivating 
and like his delivery and his dialogue is just so strong and just everything about the character really resonates with me um but i loved i love seeing him get some shine uh for this episode um for me that was that was kind of my favorite part of it yeah uh, on on mickelson i like the the moment where he's walking through the troopers and they're chanting his name and he's walking through them it was like a really exciting moment you know finally seeing the return of Thrawn which they've been anticipating for this entire season and obviously as fans we've been anticipating over the, over the course of like the Mandalorian and and since the end of Rebels um and like that was an exciting moment I think the music in that instance was again great from the Kainas and um yeah and just hearing the voice you know just like hearing his voice again and I'm like, oh yeah, he's like, he's 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 bang on. He's so good at it. Like it, he was the only option for this. Um, I was what this is so minor, but I was like, one of my concerns for how Thrawn would look was his contacts, like how they would treat his eyes. I know we've seen it briefly in one shot, like in the trailer, but that's just one shot. So I didn't know how it would work in an entire episode. And I think some of the the contacts they've had in like the characters have like they haven't been great like you look at Hera's contacts and you look at Anakin's when he had the yellow eyes like there's a specific scene a specific shot from last week where like it's a close-up of his face and uh, Ahsoka's holding the red lightsaber up to him and they're really like just you can just tell the contacts they don't look natural whereas you know like when you're watching like Revenge of Sith when he's got the yellow eyes it looks real and, and like part of him like natural um you know uh that was my concern with how they would handle Thrawn's eyes. And his eyes were like perfect. Like, you know, how they were moving. And like, obviously, they've definitely done some CGI work to them. But like, yeah, like his design in like how he comes across is is great. It's weird seeing him with like a little belly because, <laughs> you know, just because we're so used, used, well, so used to him. Like, I think most people will be fine with it. And I don't think it's an issue at all. But again, it's just because we're so used to seeing him as we did in Rebels, where he's like very acrobatic, you know, and slender. Um, yeah. And, and then when we see him in this, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, like he's a bit bigger and like, you know, he, they, he seemingly didn't slim down for the role. Um, again, he's an older, he's an older guy. It's probably like a lot harder to do. Um, yeah. He didn't remind me of like a blue Elon Musk as much as I thought he would, which is my first thoughts when I saw that like shot of him in the trailers. Um, so that was that was a positive. But I thought his performance was really good. Obviously, he's we've known from Rebels that uh, Mickelson can do a really good performance as Thrawn and has continued to do so in this episode. Um, the calmness of him, you know, is is like it's weird. It's like the calmness of him is like thrilling. You know what I mean? Like it's it's odd, um, yeah. And like how sinister he is. Yeah, I, I I really like it. Um, I thought he had a great performance. Balin, I do think is the highlight of the episode. Um, Ray Stevenson's performance is is fantastic. Um, every time I think we've said it the entire way of the season. Every time that man is on screen, he's captivating. He has a presence and an aura. And like we said, like uh, when he you know convinced me to go with him, you believe him. You know, when this man talks, when this, where, you know, you listen and you believe. And that's how I feel this week. You know, where he, they, you know, Shin asks him, 
do you miss the Jedi Order? And he, you see his moment of contemplation. He says, I miss the idea of it. And I believe him. I believe that that is, that is his truth. And I, you know, I, I think he is one of the shining lights of uh, this season. It's a real shame that that Ray is no longer with us. And if, you know, Balin survives the season, which we, I think the reports from like Jason said he does, um, it'll be a shame to see somebody else in that role because they've got some really big shoes to fill. And I think that Stevenson did such a great job. And like you said, he's rising up your rankings as a character already. And that's in large part to the performance of um, Ray Stevenson, no doubt. And I think you're not the only one. I think there's been a lot of love and appreciation for, for the Balin character since his introduction. I feel that it only grows with each episode. And I think this is the episode he probably had the most to do in. And the most time we got to spend with him and I, again every moment you spend with him is captivating that man like i don't if it's stevenson or if it's part of the performance that he's given but he has an aura about him and you want to know more about him and you trust him for some weird reason and yeah like even though it feels like he might do a turn on um elizabeth like he has his own goals clearly like he talks about this power that is out there that's calling to him um and obviously in an earlier episode it might have been episode three or four like he told shin like what happens when we get the throne and he says power like you know that seems to be his driving goal and and focus and wherever it is on this planet this force related thing he's he feels it he thinks that's his path and i'm interested to see i'm really interested to see where that goes because if he's feeling wherever this pull is, wherever this powerful force thing is, Ahsoka is bound to feel it when she arrives. And mm. you, you question if Ezra has as well. Like if Ezra is aware of something greater being there, out there. Um, so that's an interesting thread to keep a hold of. I also thought Ivana had a good performance this week. Um she did though like I, 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 i'd like a performance um and i also thought that sabine did natasha did um i thought that she felt the most sabine in this episode that she's felt if that makes sense you know like when she meets thrawn and she's like giving Balan a little bit back you know um and like obviously the interaction with ezra i was just like yeah she feels more like Sabine in this episode. Like, not that she hasn't felt like Sabine, but this felt more like Rebel Sabine. And I've always thought Natasha's been the good performances as Sabine this entire time, but this might have been, uh, you know, one of the stronger ones for her, even though she didn't have, like, a lot of emotional stuff or anything to do. It was just that I thought she embodied the character very well. Um, so in terms of performance, yeah, like, <laughs> Ray Stevenson and Mickelson, they're the, they're the two true standouts. But... Shin and uh, and Sabine, Natasha and Ivana, they had like more to do this time around and their performances were good. I, I enjoyed them both. Um, I'm going to say something unexpected. Unexpected? Unexpected. Morgan Elizabeth was decent this episode. So, yeah, you just said that. <laughs> That's yeah, why I she... chuckled. I was like so surprised that you gave Power Rangers cred there. Yeah, she's she's decent this time around. Um, you know, uh, maybe it's because I felt like she didn't have a ton to do. Um, because 
No, 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 it's not. It's not, it's not even a dick. No, no, it's not a dick. It's not a dick. Like, listen, it's because most of the she, scenes she's sharing is with Thrawn or Balin, right? And you know, usually the focus on that scene then turns to one of those two, right? Even for something small, like um, in the moments where, like, yeah, like you know, they brought a prisoner um, with them or, or something, and like you know. You know, Thrawn's like, oh, he, you were a Jedi. You know, and she's like, oh, this is Bale and Skull, and this is his apprentice, Shinhati. Like, the focus, like, turns to Balin or Thrawn, because even just, like, the facial expression that Balin has is, like, in, like, it, like, your eyes just get drawn to him. So, like, she's sharing scenes with, with two powerhouse actors, in my opinion, and, she's like live like not living up to their performance but she's been elevated to a degree i think by their performance and she's not like have so she was the leader right essentially of the three of, of her balin and shin right and when she's being the leader i don't think the performance has been that great but when she's being almost second in command to throne the performance is different and i think it's a good performance because there's even times where it's just like facial expressions that she's doing. And again, I don't know if it's because of, like, again, this goes back to a point I made earlier, because of the director. Like, if it's the director who's able to pull out better performance or even give better direction in terms of what performance she wants, you know? Because I think there's even just moments where it just focused on Elsbeth's face. She didn't even say anything. And like, <laughs> it's weird, but I was like, yeah, like, this is believable. This is good. And. Yeah, so Elizabeth, her, her performance has been elevated. Uh, like I said, Sabine, Natasha, Ivana, great performances from them. But yeah, Balin and, and Mickelson uh, were probably the two standout. Um, not a lot to say about Ahsoka because we only had moments with her briefly. So it's so it not a ton to say in regards to her performance. Um, I thought she, it, it was it was good enough you know, for the limited screen time that she had. Um, yeah. We saw her for what, maybe three minutes at most, um, if that. Um, and her, I said the dynamic with her and Ho Yang, I think Ho Yang is a consistent highlight of the show. Um, I like his performance, David Tennant's performance. Um, and the moment of what he says, like, you know, we're going to Peridia and, you know, there's those books that they used to read to the, to the younglings about this other galaxy. Um, Obviously, Balin references it as well, and I like that he tells them a tale from it, and it starts with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, that was a nice uh, nod to, obviously, an iconic phrase from this franchise. Um, I think it was a good way to do it. So, yeah, I, uh, in terms of performances, I'm happy all around. I have no qualms with performance, and again, I think a lot of it is down to direction, and the power of the director, because I, like I said, not just performance. I think a lot of the a lot of the stuff in this episode is is down to uh, Getzinger and what she was able to to bring to this. I hope she does more. Well, I think um, you can definitely expect more from her, just because there's been a history of um, you know creative as well. You know, with an, with an episode or two, they'll bring him back, like Steph Green. Um, you know, Rick was eventually elevated to a, to an EP. Um, 
But yeah, I agree with you with everything, except I will have to push back. For me, I thought the performance for Sabine this week, um, I don't know, it's still not hitting for me. Uh, and I don't I don't really know like what in particular about it, like I guess is making it difficult for me to kind of latch on or, or get on board with the performance. Um, I just still felt like, like, especially when she was talking to that, that creature she was riding, um, I just still felt like it was like, just kind of really like flat or kind of stale delivery and then she was like really spunky and had a lot of attitude with thrawn and all them um did you but, not feel like that was a very sabine like moment of performance when you said she's like being spunky with you know thrawn i felt like i felt like the attitude was but then i felt like there was like a level of like almost like naivety naivete there was an element of that to it um that i but I guess I would expect or like be familiar with from Rebels, but I would have, I don't know. It's been like, what, like five, six years since then. Um, so I would have. Yeah, I'm not even going to question timelines anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I guess I would have thought that would have uh, progressed or moved on at some point. So um, I don't know. I just, for me, it just still hasn't mixed or, or hit or landed like perfectly. Um, and that's to say, I don't like hate the character and i don't dislike it it's just i don't know maybe the maybe this version is still taking some time for me to warm up to um or maybe it's just no maybe it's just not for me um by the way it's like it's not enough to like track from the episode as a whole and it's not enough for me to dislike the series or change my view on the character at all um i'm still really uh you know invested in, in her story and the story at large um I had like mixed emotions when Ezra showed up because it was really great to see him. But I was also also just felt like Sabine has been like such such a knob, as you all would say, um, for a large portion of this year. So I, I wanted to be happy for her, but I was also like, you've made some very questionable decisions. So I don't know how I feel about you right now. Um, but I did I did really I did really like the actor who played Ezra. Um, it seemed like he did a great job, and he feels like a very natural fit for the role. Um, and I could see the Ezra that we last left off or left, um, turning into this, this person. And I know we only got like, what, maybe like 10 minutes with him. Um, not even that. Yes. Like maybe five at most. Yeah. But I, I could see him, um, becoming that person. So that was kind of cool. And I'm excited to, I guess, learn what he's been up to and, and kind of, um, you know, as you said, before we started recording, get a little exposition dump from him. Um, and learn about like the world and the creatures and you know, just what everything's been up to there. Um, I did laugh because I thought those little turtle guys, to me, those looked like they were just straight out of uh, Jedi Survivor. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of like weird creatures like that on Kobo. So for me, like <laughs> I just felt like those guys had such a similar vibe, um, but they were cool. Uh, so yeah, I, I just for me the only the only weak spot was really Sabine. Um, and not even a weak spot, just, just not as high as the rest, I would suppose. Um, I did think it was funny that Dave put those kind of, you know, bandit marauders in the wastelands, just in straight up samurai gear. Um, mm -hmm. that was very funny, just of course move. Um, well, there's a lot of like, like Asian influences and, and other things that Dave does, but in particular this episode, like those guys, I think, um... Some of the designs and the troopers and Dextro, not Dextro, <laughs> Enoch. He's inspired by Dextro in terms of like the you know, GI Joe thing, but 
Um, yeah, I think even like they talk about like the like the threads. Like there's like a Japanese book called like, The Thread of Destiny. Um, the the you know the Night Sisters that in like, that in red. That is like a, a term in in China about the the red thread. Uh, the red thread of I think it's like the destiny of fate. Um, you know, so I think like the, there's a lot of influence there. Um, like obviously we all know that Dave is very influenced by by Asian culture. Um, and I think that's apparent here. Like, but carry on. Oh yeah, well, I was just gonna, I enjoy it, and I just like that he keeps bringing it back. Um, did I know you and Jason had talked about you know the stormtroopers and their design and, and what they would look like? Um, I know you guys had mentioned that for a while. Uh, but I thought yeah, that was Jason's uh, story. But they had like they seem to be undead and they have like these red bands on them. Some of them had like gold on their face. That was Jason's stuff. And yeah, like we saw them this week. I I thought they looked really cool. Honestly, um, it wasn't what I envisioned. Just because. I mean, I don't know. What am I supposed to imagine with a <laughs> a zombie stormtrooper with gold uh, they lighting? They I thought they would, like from what I like pictured, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. That's my point. Exactly, is I thought they looked really cool. Um, I'm not a big zombie fan. I, I find that idea to be kind of meh. Um, mm -hmm. But here, I'm like excited and intrigued by it, and I think it's interesting. Uh, and I don't think it's over zombified, if that makes sense. Um, the the lead stormtrooper, his name is Enoch. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Enoch. I thought his his helmet and his mask. I don't think they'll go into it very much, but I just found it very weird and interesting. Um, mm -hmm. and I like that there's this like not a huge hint, but just a hint of weirdness to this other galaxy. Um, I, I enjoy that. So um, I don't know, just just kind of seeing where it's going and where it's playing out, and then where we're. I can project it to go it just it just makes me excited and I think the the word that you used earlier consistency is the is the best word I could use for the series just because it it just continually hits and it keeps going um, and even when it's it's not something that maybe I'm super into it doesn't dip yeah. into like low quality and the production value stays the same throughout um, which is more than can be said for some of the recent series unfortunately um but I, I think this is like really well done um and honestly as, the more we've watched of this it's, it's made me more excited for uh, Filoni's movie and what he does there because even i mean even in this time period even with these characters to me at least going in it felt like they're in a box like there's only so much you can do first orders coming sequels play out how they do um we know sabine we know ahsoka we know all these people we know Thrawn is not part of the First Order, but, but he finds a way to still make it new and exciting and inventive and um, unpredictable. And to me, that's that, that's really awesome. Just because when we when we go back to when we're like kind of in these in between eras with Star Wars, like sometimes it can be a little predictable or formulaic, just because it has to line up with the films, which I get and mm -hmm. is totally fine. Um, but all that is to say, I really appreciate that Dave's able to make it unpredictable um in this era so i i'm i'm a, i've enjoyed that part it makes me excited for uh his film whenever that comes because i think the series has shown that like if you didn't trust him like trust him he's got a plan and he's playing the long game um it'll pan out if you do yeah there's um this is like a moment 
two moments I want to highlight in this when because you talked about like Sabine's performance and stuff, and you didn't like how the she had the interaction with like the dog thing, and um, there was like moments where so when she's like telling the dog off and saying like no you abandoned me like go away like that that stuff like that felt very star wars in, in this um in that moment but it also felt like an animated thing that you could see dave doing and that that also happened again where the dog goes to that like little area where he's having a drink and where we meet the, the little turtle people um and like the way she's talking and interacting with them there um again it goes back to the the thing that we've said that appears fairly often throughout this show is like you get these moments where it felt feels like an animated decision that like i could definitely see those moments in animation um and it works better but like you know you're in live action and it has a little bit of a weirdness to it um again i do think that uh sabine and her actress natasha and the director made it work um, but again, I think that is definitely part of Dave's animated storytelling for the, which he did for decades, still seeping through. And I think that'll probably be a thing that continues to do so because it's it's been a constant again throughout this show that there's always a little brief moment that feels like yeah, this came from animation, like you can see it in, in Rebels. Um, but yeah, like you talked about some negatives a little bit just now um so i'll move into uh into some negatives um briefly before going back to positives i suppose um for me i think it's a weird one i think the episode needed to be longer or shorter it's odd i don't think the pacing was particularly great after sabine leaves to go and find ezra the pacing drops like for me, like fairly dramatically, um, because you send her out in this quest to find Ezra, and Thrawn and the others have warned her of how dangerous this land is, and you know he's said he's lost troopers and stuff, and you know because he's saying this to like Elsbeth and the others, like he's saying like yeah she won't survive, but mm-hmm. you know and obviously they're sending Balin and Shin after it just to make sure that if she does survive and does find Ezra, to take them both out. But this, they, they've warned us that this land is like perilous. You know, there's a danger around every corner. And all we've seen is Sabine go and take on some, some guys in like a red armor, take them out, <laughs> uh, find some turtle people, and find Ezra. Like, it was pretty simple. Um, I thought that this should have almost been an entire episode of the journey. Like interspliced with other scenes, obviously, like you know, going back to Chimera, going back to Ahsoka, whoever else. But this should have almost been an entire episode of the journey because the journey was short and it wasn't that dangerous. You know, there was like yeah. shots early on where we saw like um, Elsbeth's like ship fly into you know where the where the Night Sisters were, and we see like the like the dog wolf things wherever they are, like in the distance like howling you can see like a bunch of them like a pack of them and i thought like there'd be moments where like maybe you'd you'd see like a pack of wolves attack like sabine and and her wolf thing or you know there was just even like the environment itself was dangerous you know like it was unpredictable um even like the weather or something but it's not like it was pretty straightforward for her in that journey 
I feel like there should have been more, should be more hurdles. Um, because again, she goes out and not too long out, she fights some guys, finds some turtles and finds them. Like, it's a pretty short journey. I think that like should have been elongated. Um, but it is what it is. Um, so that's, that's like probably the largest negative that I have in this episode is, is, is simply that I don't, I think that hurt the pacing of the episode. Um, as well, there was some VFX stuff which you could see that there was like the volume, but again, like we're in that this this is so VFX heavy in this episode, and again, this is Star Wars TV, so I don't expect everything to be perfect, and it will never just be perfect. Like I think that is a hard thing to do. Um, but yeah, there's some moments where you could see like that they were just in the vol, like you could see the volume behind them. It felt like, or or wherever, it didn't feel natural to to the environment that they were in. Um, you know, even if the shots of like somewhat like uh, iffy CGI, like when Balin and Shin are running out of the of the the temple, the building, whatever you want to call it, and they're, they're on their dogs and they run past, and it was almost like video gamey in that moment. And I was like, yeah, like so. Okay, but again, like this is it's a high budget TV show, but you've got to stretch that budget to like last over the course of eight episodes. So I don't expect every shot to be fantastic anyway. You know. I would only complain if it was consistently bad in you know in its in the use of the VFX and the use of the volume and it was egregious and all this stuff. But it's not. It's been, it's been pretty. It's been pretty cool. Um, like I said, the but like I said the, the the land itself like is is not. It doesn't feel very lived in. It feels very sparse. But yet we've been told it's full of danger, and that she probably wouldn't make it to Ezra. They even imply that Ezra's probably dead. You know they've they've lost track of him, and because this world is so dangerous, there's a chance that he's dead. And again, maybe they'll show us more in episode seven or whatnot. But uh, it doesn't seem that that dangerous. Like Sabine's not a fully trained Jedi or anything, and she's able to handle herself. So yeah, definitely expect Ezra to. Um, yeah, but I th I think that even if they do show us more, why the world is dangerous in the seventh episode, Sabine's journey wasn't dangerous. You know, like the, there was no real hardships for her to, to get to Ezra. Um, and so I, I think in those moments, it, it makes the the completion of the quest less rewarding. Even though we've been waiting as fans for many years to see the return of Ezra. We've been waiting this entire season to see the return of Ezra. And don't get me wrong, the moment when he shows up and they hug and they we're reintroduced to that character and that relationship like that is a great moment there's still a, a, a really good moment in the show but i think it could have been even more rewarding if we seen sabine go through a more tumultuous journey to get to ezra um so yeah that's like that's probably my, my biggest gripe with the episode and probably my only real gripe with the episode i could see that um you know, I think that I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but I feel like there was another kind of similar-ish moment um, for in the series, and I guess when I take like a step back and look at things from like a macro perspective, I'm willing mm -hmm. to be a little bit more lenient on that, just because um, the show has so much work to do. Um, I do think there are like slower parts or um, other parts like early on we could trim down to kind of beef up or lengthen. Know, these parts to make that pay off a little bit more um gotta make man lengthy <laughs> exactly 
That's um, that's a FIFA joke. It's it's not a it's not a it's not a penis joke. Oh, well, well, maybe it is. You know, well, not, well, maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. Um, Google it. How to make how to make man lengthy? You know. Let the audience Google that, and we can send them some dirt if they do. Nobody wanted the dirt. <laughs> I don't blame them. Nobody cares. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree with that, and I think they could have maybe shortened some parts, lengthened others. I'm willing to be a little bit more lenient on that, just because um, it's not as pertinent to the to the overall story, but it does make the journey getting there a little bit more enjoyable if executed well. Um, and then I did think the CGI was not as strong as it's been however the series has been so on point with visuals and it's been such a step above some of the other things recently that i think we i, I speak for you I, I think i'm speaking for both of us when we say like we're more lenient with this one just because it's been so consistent otherwise um we're like another series has been like noticeable moments where you're like oof it's kind of obvious we're this one like we're what six episodes in now and this was uh, you know, one of the first times where it's really, really like, uh, you know, it could be better. But um, I think overall it's been really great. Like I was rewatching episode five the other day uh, with the misses. And I just thought the ships looked so great. The water looked fantastic. Um, you know, it's just, it's just been all around really, really good. So I'm okay if it's if it's not as great all the time. Obviously you want to be consistent, but I'll, I'll be a little bit patient just because I feel like it's earned that. Um, but for me overall, like besides those little things, like I, I really don't have any, any gripes. Um, I, I really think like, I, I couldn't believe that we're already in episode six when I saw that. I don't, I don't know why I think in my brain, I just like, we have so far to go. Um, mm -hmm. we're already in episode six. So I feel like these last two are just going to be like bangers, action packed, full of, you know, all kinds of goodness and all kinds of fun. Um, I know people were all about Dave and from our friendship over the years like you know i'm a big dave fanboy um but putting that aside like i i've i feel like as a storyteller especially like a live action creator i've gained a lot of respect for him and his abilities throughout the season um and, and all that is to say is it, it makes me more excited for these last two um and what's going to happen and, and just how the how well they're going to be executed um because i I know Famuyiwa directs one more. I don't know the other director. I don't know their work, um, but I'm, I'm assuming it's not going to be a dip in quality at all. Um, and it's just really exciting and really refreshing, um, especially after Mando 3. Not to bring that up again, but I just, I don't know. It still has a bad taste in my mouth and it makes me really sad. But to kind of get that out is, is, is nice and refreshing. Yeah, no, Dave has definitely grown. Um absolutely as a as a director and i think you've seen that as as we've gone gone through the next episode by the way is directed by a house of the dragon director uh i think her name is jita patel um i knew the name i just didn't know that i wasn't familiar with their work she she i think she did the eighth episode of game of house of the dragon um it was like one of the most acclaimed ones um it was uh, when the king died in that episode, but it was it was a great episode, and so again, it's it's probably you know probably a decent one next week. Um, my anticipation for next week, by the way, I think it will be action packed in some in some ways, but I also expect it to be a lot more exposition heavy because I think they'll tell us more about the world and what's been and what's been happening there. 
um, in the time that Ezra and uh, Thrawn have been there. Um, obviously, you naturally expect Ezra to have those sort of, sort of conversations with uh, Sabine anyway. Um, and then, you know, I think, th like I said, the Night Sisters are like very determined to leave that place. And uh, maybe we'll get more information on that and why Thrawn thinks they need, why this place is bad, why they do need to exit. And then again, uh, more on Balin and, and Shin and what he's feeling out there, the powerful forcing that he feels. Again, maybe we have Ezra discuss that as well, but I think we'll have a lot more exposition next week as well, which sometimes can be like the best episodes when there's not a lot happening, but you just get a lot of talking. <laughs> you know, some of my favorite TV shows, it's just it's just people talking, you know? Um, but yeah, so... Done well um, is, is, talking done well is very nice. Yeah, and I think the director for next week is probably uh, one who can do that well um so yeah so you know i like you said the cgi is i think they had a lot more work to do with cgi this week than the average episode of the show so i think like it's more not inconsistent but there's more shots where you where you notice it um especially like in like background shots um i do wonder where they filmed some of this though like because when i see this location that sabine's walking around and like this doesn't feel like the, the states in in like right like is anywhere in america like looking like that it didn't look like california to you no it didn't look like they were just running around some like somebody's backyard like chasing the layer again you know they didn't look like that um but no. i was thinking boba's fighting the stormtroopers like this <laughs> it's just la uh, <laughs> yeah just I, I, I always go straight back to um the little Leia chase, you know, where she's getting chased by one of the Rolling Stones. Um, just on a trail somewhere. <laughs> and even like, yeah, even like when Obi-Wan is just like, and, and Leia, they're just walking on that planet. It's, the, it's when he sees Anakin in the distance. I'm like, that's just, this is California. Like, oh, well, Boba, Boba was just fighting on the other side of the hill. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. But like, but yeah, but it's, that's what I mean. So, like, the, where they've chosen to go and shoot this, I'm like, did they like leave the states at any point for this? Because if they did, we'd like we're all unaware of it. Um, I feel like I don't know. I could see them doing it on location. Like, I could see maybe it was California, with, like a little bit of dressing, because it still had like the rocks and the, the similar like shrubbery, shrubbery. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know. Honestly, I just thought it was in like that giant kind of like shipping container. They green screened it. Um, they used that's what they used, uh, I guess, last episode for like the Anakin Ahsoka stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I just figured it was something like that because I don't think it was, it didn't look like the volume to me. Um, no, it didn't look like the volume. Like, you see, sometimes like the background was like obviously not really there, but like, for the most part, I guess a lot of it felt like the yeah, the lighting wasn't natural, at all. it didn't look natural at all to me. But I just assumed they're either in that giant box that they have now. Mm -hmm. um, like it is something different with the volume because i will say like for me the time the volume sucks is when the like the surface the floor is just flat because mm -hmm. it's really clear when when you when you do that but there was a couple of shots where sabine was walking like when she yelled at her little friend um like the camera was kind of panned it was, it was down but it was angled up um and you had some kind of like foliage in the foreground um, and it kind of like was a buffer, I think just to help sell the visual a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know if that was the volume, but if it was, like this, I thought that was like a really creative way to do that. Um, and I, I thought it like helped it and made it work a lot better. Um, but I don't know. I don't think that was on location anywhere, but you know, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, some of the things I did like this episode was uh, the introduction of new creatures and characters. So, like, we, we already mentioned the Stormtroopers briefly. Like, we like their design and, you know, that they seemingly aren't speaking, you know, English anymore. You know, something else is going on with them. Um, you know, the, the Night Sisters, they almost felt like Dune-esque to me. It was like some shots that felt almost like reminiscent of Dune, um, too. Um, the Witches from Dune specifically, right? The witches from doing yeah the sisterhood so it's you know that they had those vibes but again star wars itself was heavily inspired by dune um you know you know so it's it's only natural that elements like that seemingly would come back into star wars at various points um you know dave probably has read dune you know like one of the greatest sci-fi novels ever like considered so there's that that is that aspect as well um and yeah like and then the the dog creatures the little turtle people um <clears throat> they're all nice fun additions to the galaxy to to the creature gallery um you know i'm sure there's people out there dying to buy, to buy merchandise of those little turtles um so yeah uh really enjoyed it and then yeah so then going then to ezra um because obviously that's the one of the big points of this episode is finally reuniting sabine with ezra she's possibly for the galaxy in peril to do this um and like i said it was nice to get that reconnection moment i think it would have been better like i said if if it was felt like it was earned more by having like sabine have a more prolonged and you know harder journey to get there um but the moment of the reconnection regardless was was great it was always it's always gonna be nice to see ezra again and i think within those brief five minutes or so i think iman did a did a good job in in that performance Again, they've given him some contacts for Ezra's eyes, like that, like is sort of noticeable, but they haven't had a close up of him yet, so I can't see if it's bad or good. Um, yeah, like I said, I am very glad that they didn't have him in the same clothes as he left in, which was a concern of mine. I was like, is he just going to be in the orange jumpsuit because that boy be stinky, you know? Um, but no, he's he's in. Mm-hmm. Why were you so worried about that? <laughs> I thought like it'd be like a, it's pretty daft, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just no, it's just this thing, like you know. So it's like, like it's almost this thing, not just in Star Wars, but like in a lot of like like media things. It's just like, yeah, no, they're just in the same clothes like all the time, you know, like just constantly in the same clothes. Like Ezra has been out there for like five, six years or whatever it's been. You know what I mean? Like, is he really gonna be wearing the same clothes after six years? Are they not gonna get like worn? And ripped and like like you we know from just wearing like basic clothes like it's very rare that you keep a t-shirt like intact for six years you know they're still in like perfect condition the way you bought it or wherever um we and, do you know this, yeah and this guy's out here like 
you know, probably fighting off these marauder people and, you know, doing stuff in mud and, you know, like, I don't know, like, there's, 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 I'm glad he's in a different outfit. Um, like, and they're like, they're like robes and like, he seems to have like some, lo- like, what looks like chain mail or something underneath it as well. It was like, it was a good design. Um, he always was like referred to as like space Aladdin. Like Ezra was like a little street rat in like on, on Lothal. And I don't know why, but like this, this these robes almost remind me of, of Aladdin um, in some ways. Um, I don't know why, but there was something about it. And I just like the design. I like the design of him. I like that he's, we always knew he had the long hair and the beard. And, you know, I, th- I think it's a good look on the actor. Um, he looks better in this outfit than he did in the hologram outfit. You know, where he's clearly got a fake, like, he's got a ball cap on and, like, a wig over it, you know? The the, the hologram was rough. I'll say that. Hologram. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Like. You are you are a big fan of beards. I think it makes a lot of people look better. You know? I, for one, am one of these people that benefit from a beard. Like, I think I look a lot worse without one. Um, Code for saying, most people are ugly. I'm not saying most people are ugly. I'm just saying most people benefit from. A lot of people benefit from a beard. You know, like a beard can go a long way. And again, Iman Iswandi is a very good-looking man. Like I've seen this guy without a beard, good-looking guy. It's just that like hologram version of him with the fake hairline and <laughs> and all the rest of it. I'm like, yeah, no. Like, join us next the- week as we rank the best-looking male actors in Star Wars. Hey, I could do that. That's not even a joke, you know. Like number one, Oscar Isaac with a beard. See, I think he looks weird. No, see, I think Oscar Isaac with like this is the thing with women. I've like shown him pictures of like just you know, I've just been like, hey, like you know, what do you think of these Star Wars guys? You know, and uh, this, this man's just walking around on the street showing random women. No, pictures. no, no, no. <laughs> and it's just like, and usually you like it's. Uh, you show them Peter Oscar Isaac, and like if it's without a beard, like they, they can usually like take it or leave it. So you, they, they, mostly say yes, but because he's a you know handsome guy. But you show him with a beard, and they're like, yeah, hundred percent. Um, you His know, beard and Dune is pretty. I will say it's it's, it's pretty. Oh, it's majestic. Like, I kind of end yeah. today. You know? it's, yeah. it's pretty spicy. Yeah, I wish I could have his his Dune beard. Um, you know, didn't that take hours to do though? Yeah, he said he said so. You know, would you would you want to do the Star Wars ranking of men now? Do you want to rank the, the who we consider the five best looking Star Wars men? Or do you uh, want to wrap up this before we move on to? Let's that? no, let's do it. I'm just trying to think. Does it have to be like live action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it could it could be like in a game if like they use their likeness, you know. Like if you want to use Kyle Castles because like he, he literally is just Cameron Monaghan, you know. Yeah. That was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, no way. <laughs> um, um, all right. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give me your five. Yeah. All right. I'll start with five. Say mullet Obi-Wan is number five <laughs> because mullets are making a comeback. Yeah. Um, I would say number This is off four. the dome. This isn't like, this isn't like we've had time this to is... think of it. This is just happening in real time. This is a real stress because so if we if we miss somebody and I guarantee we will you know oh for sure um, I'm staring at Funko Pops right now trying to think you know <laughs> um number four 
Trying to shoot through the movies in my head really fast. Um, I guess number four, I'll give Oscar Isaac. I'll throw him a bone. Um, number three, I would say Adam Driver. That's a bit high for me. Well, it's. I don't think he's like objectively good looking. You know what I mean? Because he kind of has like a funny looking face. But I think he like it's the way he like presents himself, and I think the ladies fall for the hair. Mm. I remember what we we are not blessed. We are not blessed in that department. <laughs> no, that's why we notice it. I remember <laughs> when he, he took his helmet off in, in Force Awakens? My sister was like, "His hair shouldn't look that good." Mm -hmm. So, uh, number two, I'd go Harrison. Um, like, well, you can take old Harrison too. Salt and pepper never hurt nobody. And then number one, I'll go with Hayden. Um, I knew he was gonna be the one. <laughs> well, specifically because when I was, I don't know how I must have been like ten or something, eleven. Um, have you? Uh, I was say, have you noticed um, women prefer Hayden with the long hair, like the Revenge of the Sith hair? Have I noticed Again, what? it's the long hair prefer? thing. Oh, yeah, dude. It's... That's why I said the mullet. Mullets are in, man. I know mullets are in, but like, yeah, I don't know if Obi Wan's making my list. Well, let me finish my hated story. So we we're yeah, watching yeah. it, and I was like eleven, and it's that shirtless scene where he's like dreaming nightmares of Padme, or whatever. Mm -hmm. He like sit, he's like breathing heavy, and he sits up, and he like puts on his little like kind of robe thing. I just remember my cousin was there. She ran up in front of the TV and was like, ooh, 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 and started tapping the TV. Mm -hmm. and as an 11-year-old guy, I just love Anakin because he's a badass. And then she starts doing that. That just always stuck with me because I was so confused at the time. Um, all I wanted to do was look at his robot arm because I, I thought that was cool. That, yeah. That's my top five. We want uh, Poe, mm -hmm. Kylo, Han, Anakin. Yeah, I think I think Oscar Isaac's number one for me. But like again, like I got you slap the beard on him. He's number one. Um, number two, I this is hard. Like I think there's like it's, there's not a, like a, a, an abundance of like extremely good looking men in Star Wars. Um, sequels you know, are kind of a step up. The sequels are a step up. Like Boyega's decent looking. Like Kylo's oh. decent looking. No. Oh um, yes. Let me take out. Let me take out. Uh, let me take out Oscar Isaac, and I'll put John Boyega at four. Much better fair choice. Enough. Um, I'm I'm really trying to rack my brains, man. I would probably put Hayden at, at two, uh, specifically long hair Hayden, whether that's in Ahsoka, whether that's in Rise of Sith, but long hair Hayden. Um, at number two, number three. Um. It's Harrison. It's young Harrison. Um, I think young Harrison from the seventies and eighties was 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 a hound. You know, I think he was. Uh, I think he was a killer. Um, yeah, so Harrison. He had them ladies swooning. You you see you see those pictures of Harrison in, in like the eighties, and he's got like a little, little little bit of a not a big bit, but a little bit of a beard. You know, and an open shirt, and like man, this this man. I was, I was gonna say the 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 open chest, especially in like raiders, mm -hmm. it's them. I guess the ladies. Yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah. That's my three so far: Poe, Oscar, uh, Hayden, Harrison, 
Um, I, where am I going? Where am I going for four? I do not know. This is hard. This is genuinely difficult. Liam um, Neeson? No. No. Not Liam Neeson. Um, I'm like, no offense. Sam Jackson? No. No. Like, I'm looking at, like, I'm thinking, like, is Donald gonna get in this list? Is, like, Alden gonna get in this list? Like... I don't think of yeah. Donald. Yeah. He's alright. Very talented. Yeah, I'd probably go... I think, I think, like, Driver gets in almost on, like, a default in some of this, maybe? I don't know, like... Maybe Diego gets in? I don't know. It's it's actually difficult. I'm I'm really trying. I'm really really trying. I'm gonna say Ewan at four, um, and not with the mullet, not with the mullet, just like general Ewan. Um, I don't want Ewan. No, no, like I don't know. I'd probably pick episode three Ewan over it, or or something. You know, Birds of Prey Ewan. I know what he looks like in Birds of Prey, but um, yeah, Ewan get Ewan gets in a four. And then, yeah, it's probably a toss-up between Boyega and Driver. I'd probably go Boyega over Driver. So, yeah, that's that's probably my five. I think it's easier to do the the chicks in Star Wars. I think there's more of a choice there. I think, yeah, like, thinking about it, I don't think there's an abundance of really good-looking men in Star Wars, unfortunately. No, um, the, the men are pretty bland. But they've got better over the years. Like I said, like since, like you said, in sequels, they've you know they brought in some good-looking dudes, and then like in, Ugh. you know, Disney effect, yeah. just the worst. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let's go back to Ezra. Like Ezra might make the list. The more we see of him, he might make the list one day. You know, um, maybe. But yeah, how did you? How did you feel about the the Ezra scene and the reconnection? Um, I liked it. I thought it was good i still think sabina's annoying so i wasn't happy for her but i was excited to see this guy um i think he feels like a natural transition from the animated version and then um i'm mostly excited for some of the stuff that you've teased and you guys have teased with the the kung fu and the force and and all that stuff um I'm I'm curious to see what grown-up Ezra is like and how he's matured. Because he didn't mature right until the end of Rebels, like the very mm -hmm. end. And then now he's been living with a bunch of turtles. So I'm curious to see how this has affected his character. I, re I, I, I don't think they'll do this. I, also, I really hope the turtles have a pet, like, rat friend. Oh my god. That's what the dog is. The dog look, looks a little bit ratish. That's what it is. Yeah. He's Splinter now, and like, he put them into turtles. <laughs> So yeah, you look. The dog thing looks does look a little bit ratish though, right? Like it does. It's like a dog rat. Yeah. I was watching too, and I was thinking because you guys said Ahsoka rides a wolf. I was like, did they mistake this for a wolf? It's, I think it's this. Yeah. Well, it looks like a wolf. You know. I thought it looked like a wolf. Like when did you see in the? What do you see in them come into the planet? Like I said, the Elizabeth shot. Like you see like a pack of them to the left, and they're like, oh, oh there's wolves. You know, like, it's Dave. He's going to have something wolf in something. You know, like, he has to do it. So these are his new versions of wolves. Surprised we didn't uh, even mention the poncho. Sabine rocking a poncho. Every classic character has a poncho, so she can join that list now. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
she's badass in those moments, man. I like the gun, like it looked like the look of it, like the you know the fight she did. Yeah, badass. But uh, such a sucker yeah. for westerns that it's just not even fair. Well, I also feel like there's gonna be gonna get a lot of fantasy vibes because that like structure there in that building, wherever, like into the wall, it like looked like um like something from from Lord of the Rings, you know, like uh, where they like have that like fight. Uh, oh my God, I'm gonna try and send it. This is like a. It looks to me like something straight out of Lord of the Rings. I think I know what you're talking about. Like they have a fight outside this castle. I, I've sent it to you. Like it's on, it's in, it's in the Discord chat. Um, it looks like that. It reminded me of of like the certain scenes from like, even some of the like the design of the planet itself reminded me of Lord of the Rings. Anyway, um, I mean, it is you, day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does, does this? Do you do you see what I mean by the Lord of the Rings side? Yeah. I, well, we get that kind of like side profile of the castle too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of has that similar structure. And, and I mean, also, even the landscape is kind of similar, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I would be surprised if we have a little bit of fantasy stuff in in this, just because we're in a different galaxy. Um, and again, like obviously Ahsoka, the white guy, not the white. There seems to be Lord of the Rings connections anyway, and this seems to be at least that some of the designs seems to be inspired by Lord of the Rings. Um, so yeah, so yeah, that's that's interesting. And in some of the, like I said, there's references here to like Lord of the Rings and Dune and like a bunch of others like Westerns, you know, obviously a lot of like uh, Asian influence. So, yeah, like, you know, it's multicultural. Um, well, and, and I think the, like you just listed it and I didn't even I hadn't listed it in my head like that. When you did, I was like, dang, there's all those things. And yet it just comes together really, really nicely. It's yeah. put together so well. So just props to them for that, because that's yeah. that's pretty hard. Yeah, no, it's just a, they've done a good job there. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you want to hit on in this episode? Is there anything do you think we've missed? Anything you want to go over? Um, nothing I can touch on. Um, I, f I feel like this episode is it, it, it's not. I mean, there's stuff to dive into, but I feel like it's more. It's almost like it's like another chapter one where it's setting up things to come. Um, this is the biggest thing for me, man, is I'm just excited for these last two. Um, I'm trying to think of the series where I've felt I've looked forward to the to it wrapping up like this, and I don't know. I have to think on it, but I haven't been excited like this in a while for, for some of our series, so um, I can't wait to see what happens. I'm curious, and I'm a sucker for all Force lore stuff, so keep it coming. Um, mm -hmm. you want to give our ratings now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, ratings. Um, I'd give this one... I didn't feel this way when I first watched it, but after mm -hmm. I've given it some time and we've talked through it and I've thought through it more, I'll go 8.5. Yeah, I was going to go 8. Yeah. So, yeah, because before we we talked um, on this podcast, we had a little, like, brief chat between us, you know, just talking general crap and a little bit of this. Um, and you seemed a bit more down um, than I th thought you would be. Um, and you've given it like a higher score than I expected. So I think maybe you exploring your thoughts and having a discussion on it has maybe like changed your mind a little bit. You know, maybe showed appreciation for some of the things in there. Um, yeah, I tried to I tried to not be like the internet, and I tried to actually think before I speak. 
and mm-hmm. I tried to have reasons for what I said. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, just uh, going through it and just kind of sitting on it more and 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 just thinking more on like the smaller moments because I felt like there was a lot of smaller moments. Um, it made me appreciate those more. Mm-hmm. My general impression initially was just kind of like, oh, that was good, you know, like nothing crazy, yeah. but it was good. But then. And then just kind of giving it more time to sit with it and just process. It was like, oh, that was, that was really well done. Yeah. So for me, this, like, throughout this, like I said, this is about consistency. And uh, we uh, don't think either of us have given a score below a seven anyway. And, like, I've now given three eights in the show. Episode three, episode five, and episode six. Um, Like, that's a high bar, you know? Um, I think the only show I was given, like, consistent eights to really was Andor. Um, obviously, I had not had Aya higher than eights as well i gave some episodes nines and whatnot um but like anando is my favorite uh live action star wars show like by a country mile but this is like proven to be very consistent very good um and i wonder if it like i don't think it'll top ando for me um because even just at this point like being six episodes through ando they all had very high scores and stuff um and i had a, a really big impact on me um uh and it's like i i think i've said it like openly before like andor was like one of my favorite like is probably my favorite uh, star wars piece of media in like 10 years like it's like a really big deal um mm-hmm. to me but i think that the way ahsoka is going and how i've enjoyed it so far like it could probably be like my second favorite like if it's like sticks to landing in the, in the next two episodes like it could end up being possibly my second favorite Star Wars live action series. Um, you know, like I really like the first two seasons of The Mandalorian. Um, but I, I feel like Ahsoka has been more consistent. Um, like in those episodes of Mandalorian season one or two, you can pick a bad episode. Like people will will look at the Toro episode um, in season one. You know, for me, yeah. um, I, I think, I don't know which season's in anymore. It's the Rick Family Your episode that where they're on the ship and it's like it's the first it's season one. So it's, it's with Bill Burr and stuff. Like that's the episode I don't like. Um You know, yeah, so I don't I don't like that episode. Um like that's my least favorite of that season. So there's like episodes you can pinpoint and that you don't think is that good. And then we're not even gonna go to Mando three. Like that's really down low on the list. Um as is Boba Fett for me. Um but yeah, the show has been very consistent, and I, I, I have hopes that they'll stick the landing in, in 7 and 8. Um, because in Dave we trust, I suppose. Um, he's delivered, delivered so far. He's delivered for us in animated form before. So, yeah. Happy with it, happy. Happy to see where it goes. Is that us done for the day? I think so. I think that was a, a good one and a little, uh, a little juicy surprise in the middle for the people. Oh yeah, the ranking of men. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's that's what brings in the new viewers. Like, let's be real. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should start doing videos and like have all these like dudes shirtless and like you know say like number one, number two. You know, but I don't know. <laughs> not the content we thought. What is not the hero we? Not the content we wanted, but the the content we need. Maybe, maybe it is what we needed. You know. I can't remember the quote, and when I fumble the quote, it makes it land a lot better, obviously. Yeah, maybe we need to thirst trap these people, you know, to, like, come listen. But again, like, we've gone up in listenership, like, in in recent weeks. So, 
we're doing something right. But maybe the shirtless man will will, will get us over, push us over the edge, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, but before we, briefly before you go, what do you think of the Taika stuff? Like, because he, he's come up a few times in the past week, and it's like, it was, you know, accounts with like not good track records saying it was cancelled because of, I assume you read the article like did what it, he joked that he'll never finish a Star Wars script. Um, yeah. When he's presented Sean Levy with the award and there's a video which gives all the context, he's clearly like joking and being sarcastic. Yeah. Um, and it's come out from Jeff Snyder uh, a couple of days ago that he has turned in multiple drafts already. Other writers have written on it and touched it. And he's expected to submit a uh, another draft after the strike is over. It might not be like directly after, but sometime after. Yeah. Um, Tiger himself said in May that he's still trying to figure out the the middle part of his script. Um, so that seems to be where the issues may lie if he's sending multiple drafts. Um, so what what are your thoughts on this Tiger thing? Like, because I think people are going at him massively because they didn't like those people who really don't want to take it to direct a Star Wars movie I think are going at him because they didn't like Love and Thunder um and even though I think he's made like good movies even outside of that I don't even mind Love and Thunder but I think around that he's made good movies um do you think like he will finish a script and do you think that um he the hate he gets from some people in the fandom is like a bit unfair um well i think it's obviously unfair people are just emotionally reactive and you know, i guess especially online like short-sighted um i think that i i feel like <laughs> when i even when i read like your headline of your article like obviously i feel like obviously knowing who this guy is like obviously he's joking mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. I feel like if his movie never gets made, it probably has less to do with him than anything else. I, that's kind of how I've always thought of it. Um, I, I don't think I don't think you should judge people just by one thing, like one film or show or whatever. But Hollywood is a very like "what have you done for me lately" kind of business. Um, and I think a lot of I think honestly a lot of the the backlash he gets is is kind of like a smugness that he has. Um, or like there's that clip where. Him and Tessa were like making fun of the VFX and whatever, and I think like little things just kind of add fuel to the fire like that. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I, I'm excited. I would, I would be excited for it, and I, I hope it's well done. I mean, like even his Mando episode that he directed, like that was a really well done episode, and everyone, mm -hmm. and we know he has the abilities to be a good director, and Love and Thunder probably wasn't it. Um, but just like George of the prequels, like you know, let people go and check sometimes, and uh, you know, sometimes those creative restraints, um, you know, allow people to be better than they, they would, you know, on their own. That's kind of how I've always interpreted the situation. Um, I could be wrong. I obviously don't have, <laughs> I obviously don't have any insight. Um, I, I would, I would expect that, you know, things would move forward and would keep going, but I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I just can't put any faith in anything the, the company says, not even, um, not even really what the directors or creatives say. It's just like, I don't know. Company's just been so all over the place or I think Kennedy has talked out of both sides of her mouth so often that it's just like, I don't know. It happens, it happens. Yeah, for me, I think like a lot of the hate towards him is uncalled for. I think a lot of it 
I think it only actually started when Love and Thunder came out and a, a like I think and again this doesn't speak to all Star Wars fans, but I think there's a, a portion I don't know if it's a lot how large it is or, or wherever, but there's a big a vocal portion anyway that are against it because of Thor Love and Thunder. They don't like mm. Thor Love and Thunder, so they don't want him to do a Star Wars movie. Even though those people probably loved Ragnarok and they like as you mentioned his Mandalorian episode, they probably thought he did a good job and they enjoyed that episode. On top of that, I think his movies outside of the Thor stuff, um, Jojo Rabbit, Hunt for the Will of People, What We Do in the Shadows, like he's made some great movies outside of it. Like, and again, I'm a person who watches a lot of movies, I consume a lot of movies. Um, you know, I have many, many interests outside of Star Wars, but I think some people who are just in the Star Wars Marvel bubble, who've only seen his like Marvel output necessarily. Yeah, dict have dictated their opinion of, of of Love and Thunder, whereas again, like initially he was writing this movie with uh, Christy Wilson Carnes, who did 1917, The Last Night in Soho, and The Good Nurse, like Far Cry from Film Psycho would do. So I think there was a good balance there. I don't know or think she's on the project anymore. But just basically, Kathy said it made it seem like he was writing on his own, like early in the year. So, mm. but again, like like you know, Snyder said other writers have touched it. So. Yeah, I think his some of his his uh, his criticisms unfair. Like he's got a new movie coming out called Next Goal Wins in two months. Not gone over well at the festivals that showed up. Forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, yeah, there could be the downfall of Taika we're about to witness. But I, he's given me more good than bad. Like for me at the moment, he's like had one bad movie and all the rest has been good. So we'll see. Um, you know, I I like Taika as a director. I like Taika as as a personality. Um, uh, I would like to see a Star Wars movie because it felt like it would be new and fresh and away from like everything we know, which is something I would love to do in Star Wars. I want to move away from the original trilogy era and like playing in the same sandbox. I think that can still also exist, but also you can be building something new and different uh, at the same time. Um, I think we've talked about you near know, like Star Wars does need to grow. It's probably been like like stagnant for a while um, since the since the movies. Um, so yeah, I I. I hope it gets made. I like Taika. Um, yeah, but I, I just wanted to touch on that briefly because he's made a few headlines this week. Um, but yeah, he's always um, in the headlines, and it, it's. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like rarely it's even like something. It's his fault, you know what I mean? It's just people like, mm -hmm. freaking out. But I mm -hmm. just try to ignore the people who freak out because they're gonna freak out, like regardless of what happens. So yeah, but uh, anyway. I think we've got to go because you've got to got to work. So we've got to we've got to we've got a boogie. Fortunately, I have to live life. You got to live life. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll be back next week with the seventh episode of Ahsoka. Um, please tell us your Star Wars men rankings. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, send those to us. Um, you know, do it. So yeah. Uh, so until ne then, we'll catch you on the flippery flop.